0: The Geopolitics and Empire podcast is joined by Dr. Chuck Baldwin, who is a prolific author, former radio talk show host, former presidential nominee, and a pastor. We'll be discussing America's turn toward tyranny, why he thinks President Trump is not in fact anti-globalist but is rather carrying out the globalist agenda and his thoughts on the second American civil war. Dr. Baldwin, you write a weekly column at chuckbaldwinlive.com and you've been writing about America's descent into tyranny, totalitarianism and as we're observing right now martial law. We can see the same historical patterns in this changeover from republic to dictatorship as we've seen in countries such as uh, Germany in the 1930s. This COVID-19 so-called pandemic was I think, obviously, some sort of ruse or ploy, and likely the first of perhaps many, and the fact that they got away with it is quite shocking. But this, all of this has been a long time in coming, and we've passed many uh, warning signposts along the way. How is it that America has gone down this road of despotism, and what are the main markers for you?
1: Well, thank you very much, first of all, for letting me come on your program. I appreciate it. Yeah, I think your introduction was uh, absolutely spot on. This is not something that's happened overnight. This is something that's been going on for decades. We took a giant leap in that direction back in 2001, uh, after the events of 9-11, when under the presidency of G.W. Bush, all kinds of totalitarian measures were enacted into law. I'm talking about things like the Military Commissions Act, the USA Patriot Act, laws that basically eviscerate constitutional protections that we have in the Bill of Rights and put America under de facto police state. Since that point, uh, that trend has only continued. And as you noted, with the supposed uh, pandemic that we just experienced, We saw the implications of this down to the state and local levels where all but seven governors in the United States locked down their states. Forty million jobs were taken away from the American people. Uh, Churches were unable to um, have worship services. People were forbidden to uh, go to certain stores. They were told where they could shop where they couldn't shop. Uh, They were told how many people there could be in a crowd, how many people could not be in a crowd. All of these things are direct violations of our Bill of Rights. And they did it overnight, practically. And the shocking thing to me is they did it almost without any resistance whatsoever from the people. So now then, on the heels of that, we're experiencing another quote-unquote emergency with uh, with the riots around the country and president trump is threatening to use military force on the streets of america something that is forbidden by posse comitatus act even the insurrection act itself does not give the military carte blanche to come in and start uh, pointing guns at the american people Um, only the states and local communities have authority to enact law enforcement within the United States. And so we have at least 50% of the American people, most of whom are considered conservatives and Christians, who are coming out in support of the president using military troops against the American citizenry on U.S. soil, which shows that in in the minds of most people today, there is no constitution. We do not have a Bill of Rights. And people have lost touch completely with the the rule of law under our Constitution and what our, our nation was formed on. <clears throat> so all these things put together are simply uh, an echo of, of, of your introductory remarks.
0: Before taking a closer look at the civil uh, unrest, there's something that Uh, You have been writing about regarding Trump and globalism that very few people have been discussing and it's quite uh, interesting and unique. Uh, President Trump has acted erratically as if he had a Jekyll and Hyde split personality and has created a sort of fog of smoke and mirrors because you can never know, you know, what side he is on on the various issues. And this can be effective, but it's also very dangerous for the citizenry if his intentions are not noble. And you've posited that Trump is, may I say, a Trojan horse that is pushing through globalism. Uh, You cite one example, the US-Mexico-Canada trade agreement, a NAFTA 2.0, which furthers the North American community. In your writings, you bring to light a so this fascinating point that Trump pretends to be conservative. And as you mentioned already, that he's kind of disarmed the conservative base and pacified them into standing down on issues they otherwise wouldn't. And I think you might be onto something. Could you take us down this rabbit hole? It's one of the most
1: frustrating things to me about the whole Trump phenomenon it is how people that call themselves conservatives, people that call themselves constitutionalists, people who call themselves Christians had been willing to accept uh, just about every um, antithetical uh, position antithetical to the Constitution, antithetical to the rule of law, antithetical to the Bill of Rights, antithetical to the positions that the aforementioned groups profess to believe, and, and yet they continue to support him without exception blindly, robotically, um, even I, I would say almost uh, under a spell of bewitchment. And th- this is, I think, a, a supernatural act of, of judgment against the people of the United States for rejecting the natural laws of God and our constitutional rule of law. And he's giving us the kind of leaders that that we deserve. But, but anyway, he, he professes to be conservative, he professes to be um, for the people, for freedom, and for liberty, and all these things. We know what his rhetoric is. But then, by his actions, he does polar opposite. Uh, you mentioned the USMCA, which is, I think, uh, maybe the classic illustration of this, because the USMCA is... Not just NAFTA 2.0, but it's NAFTA on steroids. I mean, this this thing puts America under under a regional government, uh, co co uh, a co government, if you please, with Mexico and Canada. <clears throat> That's even worse than NAFTA was. It requires that the United States surrender its national sovereignty. To this regional government, this, this North American Union, they, they they don't talk about it in that in that term, but that's exactly what it is. It's and it it completely sacrifices the autonomy and the sovereignty of the United States and the other two nations, of course. And it it, it further erodes the uh, domestic job base of the of the workers in this country. And an interesting thing that most people don't realize, realize about USMCA is. You know, Donald Trump made a living talking about stopping illegal immigration and building a, a wall with Mexico. That was his cornerstone campaign pl- platform. And yet, USMCA requires, under law, under the law of the USMCA, requires open borders, open borders. And and Trump signed this enthusiastically. And he touts it as, you know, as, as a great uh, treaty for America, et cetera, et cetera. And yet this does everything that, that Bill Clinton uh, did under NAFTA. This does everything that Barack Obama talked about. Uh, this does everything that the open border people want. This does everything that the liberal Democrats want. <clears throat> and yet this, the conservatives and Christians, they don't, they don't even seem to recognize that. They don't even seem to notice that. And when you try to tell them, you know, read it for yourself. Read, you know, read what it says and look what it does. They still refuse to believe you, and and they will say that that Trump is, you know, is still doing a great job. So it, it add to that. There's another, I think, component to this question is that every administration in recent memory, especially from George H. W. Bush, has literally. Loaded his administration and cabinet with CFR globalists. The Council on Foreign Relations is the predominant think tank in the United States promoting the cause of globalism. It is it is entirely committed to um, the the furtherance of globalism. That's that's its agenda and. They, every president, I don't care what GHW. Bush, Bill Clinton, GW. Bush, Barack Obama, they've all littered their administrations with CFR members. <clears throat> well, Trump comes along preaching independence and national sovereignty and anti-globalism and all these things. But what does he do? He nominates the same CFR globalists to his administration as his predecessors. In fact, he is on a pace right now. If he, if he's elected to a second term, he will have appointed more CFR globalists than G.W. Bush or or Barack Obama. And and yet, this again, uh, the Christians and conservatives don't even see that. So everywhere you turn, Donald Trump says one thing, and then does just the opposite. And the tragic thing is, he's getting by with it.
0: As you mentioned, we have martial law, uh, not only in the U.S., but here uh, as well, in a way where I am in in Kazakhstan and other parts of the world, uh, although that's easing up a bit now. And you've now described the situation with um, this Trojan horse uh, of globalism that continues with Donald Trump. And to get back now to the riots that we're experiencing, you know, we, we might call the pandemic act one, and now we're in act two, the riots, and some analysts have been talking about a second American civil war for years now. I see evidence that there is a certain amount of polarization between traditional America and, say, far-left America, but I also see evidence that the divide may be artificially or greatly exaggerated in order to foment conflict by the powers that be. Do you think we're witnessing a genuine sort of second civil war or is it something more of a regime change color revolution or operation gladio that has come home uh, and if Trump is a globalist and isn't the target then who is?
1: Yeah, I think who is 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 the is is the operative question and maybe what is and I think the what is the freedoms and liberties protected in our constitution and bill of rights is the target I really believe that this has been for all of these years this has not been about a political candidate a political party in fact I think the two-party paradigm is a hoax I believe it's a ruse Uh, I think the real power that powers that be uh, couldn't care less about Democrats and Republicans conservatives and liberals they use conservatives for agendas, and they use liberals for agendas. When it comes to domestic policy and and social issues inside the United States, they will use Democrats. When it comes to war and uh, the fomentation of war around the world, um, they they will use Republicans. When it comes to uh, developing a police state, they will use Republicans when it comes to abortion and gay rights and, you know, things of that nature inside the country. They'll use Democrats. So they're using both parties for their agenda. And the American people think there's, you know, they're making this huge difference when they go to the polls and vote for, you know, whoever their favorite party is. <clears throat> they think that by doing that, they are, you know, stopping the bad guys by voting for the good guys when they don't realize that both both parties are bad guys and they're being controlled by bad guys. And it, it's all a game to make people think that they're making a difference in the country. But the globalist agenda continues unabated. And the goal is to strip America of its constitutional liberties. We are the last nation in the world that has the, 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 the basis and, and the backbone from a governmental point of view of liberty in the world we have a constitution we have a bill of rights we have a 200 year heritage of of liberty if america loses the form of government that we have and we lose the liberties that it protects there will be no liberty left for anyone in the world we are the last vanguard of liberty that that's left major vanguard i guess i should say of liberty left in the world so this is the this is the uh, the prime you know, apple this this is the the apple pie that they're after and i think it's it's not a who i, I think Trump is just uh, a, a, a toady like everyone else that's occupied the white House over the last several decades uh, he's he's not his own man he's he's not making his own decisions he's he i believe he's being manipulated just like the rest of them were So the goal is to take away the liberties of the American people. And as far as what's going on with the riots, you know, the American people have every right to be upset with the murder of that American citizen in Minneapolis at the hands of a police thug. And I I keep a running report on my webpage. You mentioned it, ChuckBaldwinLive.com. I keep a running report of the the ongoing police abuse that takes place around this country. And it's inexcusable. I mean, there's literally no excuse for it. And it goes back not to some rogue officer. These are not rogue officers. It's the way they're trained. It's the philosophy under which they're trained. They are more and more trained as a military force and not as a police force. They are being trained by military personnel. They're being trained in military tactics. They're being given military equipment. We even have the IDF uh, troops from Israel that are training American officers. This uh, knee-on-the-neck technique that killed uh, the, the gentleman in Minneapolis, Minnesota, it was a, t- a tactic taken straight out of the, the IDF handbook. In fact, the military... Uh, excuse me the police force in Minneapolis has been trained by Israelis over the last several years. <clears throat> so this was, this was a tactic that has, that comes out of Israel out of the IDF this is the way they treat the Palestinians and so our American police officers are being trained in acts of war. They're, they're being trained not as peace officers but as soldiers and the, the the israelis treat the palestinians as war combatants enemy combatants and so that's the way the the us police departments are starting to look at the american people not as citizens that they are to serve but as as uh, c- war criminals and com- enemy combatants that they are to employ military strategy against so we have a systemic problem within the yeah, the U.S. law enforcement agencies. Thankfully, not all of our policemen, and not all of our sheriffs, not all of our police chiefs, not all of our departments are are given over to the to the police state mentality. Uh, many of them are not. And in the column that goes out today, uh, that, in which I talk about this, I highlight a a uh, police chief in Chattanooga, Tennessee, that has taken a very bold and courageous stand against. These kind of techniques in his department, and he's not the only one. But but the point is, is that the, these kind of things need to stop in this country. And people are right to protest against this kind of of, of police abuse. Now, that being said, there's no doubt in my mind, no doubt whatsoever, that agent provocateurs from the federal government are in the thick of these riots uh, that they are helping to fan the flames of hate and discontent in order to create mayhem so as to justify the government's use of military force and martial law against the american citizenry so you know, the more they're able to incite violence and the, the riots and the way that things are happening the more tendency it has for the american people to turn against them But they're also one that they don't realize it, but they're turning their backs on the Constitution. And it makes it easier for guys like Donald Trump to say, okay, let's send in the military. And, of course, when that happens, not only will military personnel be on the streets, but it means that martial law will be enacted in those cities. And I don't know whether people are stopping to think about that, but when you send uh, military personnel into an area, uh, they only know you know one thing to do and and, and that's to do what they're trained and and martial law is one of the first things that will take place under military um, authority in a given location. So when you talk about military personnel coming into a city, you're talking about the martial law being enacted in that city. so you can imagine, if this is going on in in the major cities of America, Los Angeles and Chicago and New York and Philadelphia and and Seattle and you know everywhere else. Name it. Those, those cities will be locked down. Those cities will be put under martial law. Uh, there will be gun confiscation going on. There will be people that will be put in jail for violating curfews. There'll be people that that could be shot for violating cur- curfews. Yeah, you're going to have. The, the brute force of military rule uh, such as we would employ in, in communities around the world that will take place on the streets of the United States, which is anathema to the doctrines of freedom in this country, of course. But these people don't even think about that. They clamor for military intervention. So again, I think Trump has, has truly blinded the minds and the hearts of people that should believe in liberty and ordinarily would believe in liberty. But because they've given their loyalty to Donald Trump and because he's a con man and he's not genuine, he's been able to blind them to these sacred principles. And all these things are happening that I believe, you know, I don't believe that, yeah, anybody that commits violence and anybody that destroys property is absolutely wrong and needs to be uh, punished under the law of our country, the civil laws. But to to take it in the, to a step further and say, we're going to bring in the military, declare martial law, and start using the arms of the U.S. military against U.S. citizenry, that this changes everything. And, you know, I don't know, could this be done if another person was president? It's a good question, because I personally think that this could not happen except that Donald Trump or G.W. Bush or someone like them were in office. You notice that the pandemic, the coronavirus, and now the riots, and you notice that um, 9-11 and all of the stuff that happened after 9-11 took place under Republican presidents. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think it's because if the Democrats in the White House the conservatives and Christians are on guard. They are ready to resist and oppose policies that would be unconstitutional, antithetical liberty. But because it's a conservative Republican, especially a guy that says he's a Christian, <laughs> Trump stands in front of the church for the Bible, photo op and the Christians go bananas. You know, it, he can literally get by with anything. And I think it, it just shows that the people have traded loyalty for the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the natural laws of God, the truth of of, of freedom, and they've traded that for loyalty to a a political candidate if he is a Republican and if he's a conservative. Bad trade.
0: And speaking of the military, uh, we're starting to see this buildup of a narrative now with China, war with China. Do you feel that we'll enter into a military conflict with China?
1: I think it's possible. I think at heart, Trump is a warmonger, and uh, he's a tyrant. He, I think he loves war. I think he salivates war, for war. I mean, look at all the, the bombings that he has uh, conducted over the Middle East, mostly since he's been president. He's dropped more bombs since he became president than uh, Barack Obama and G.W. Bush combined. You, you think about That you know, both those men had eight years in office. Trump's not even been in four years yet, and he's already dropped more bombs than both of them put together. This man loves war. He he, I think he looks for every opportunity he can to uh, exert military force around the world. We saw it, you know, in in the Middle East already in his policies in Syria and and uh, Iraq, uh, Iran. Uh, you know, we saw the way he assassinated General Soleimani from Iran, uh, who was on a peace mission in Iraq, and you know, and again, no no fallout whatsoever from the American people about that. And and now then they're rattled, sab, uh, rat, so, rattling the sabers for war with China, and I you know they're looking for a scapegoat, and I think that it very well could be that that would take place. I think. They're going to have to be a lot more careful about that, and it's it's not going to be like Iran or Iraq that there's a lot more involved, um, and it could it could be a major <laughs> a major mistake uh, if if they did that. But you asked the question, could they be doing it? I think yes. They, I'm not saying they are doing it or they will do it, but I think it's very possible that they could do it.
0: Yellowstone erupting, asteroids, Godzilla. Where do you see us heading in the second half of 2020 and beyond?
1: Oh, Oh, man. You know, it's hard to even see what's going to happen next week. I think on on a general response, I don't see things getting better until the American people wake up and realize that it is our constitution, our Bill of Rights, and, and the fidelity to the natural laws of God that will preserve us. If we can ever get people to understand that, I think we can turn it around. But until until we get people to understand that, um, it's only going to go from bad to worse. I, I don't, because there is no other solution. That that is the only solution, and and so the longer that people. Refuse to look at the real solution, and they get caught up with, you know, partisan politics and personality politics, and they look to political parties and they look to a political office to save the country, or if they look to the military and the in the power of brute force, they're looking in all the wrong places, and and there is no hope there, so. The only hope, and, and I guess we should bring it back to the pulpits of America, because the preachers are the ones that have the power to bring all of this to the to the forefront of the American of, of the people that especially that are going to church, and which is the the largest uh, single body of uh, adherents in the country. There's no other group of people anywhere in the United States that can compare to the sheer numbers of people that are attending church, at least we're attending church, uh, on any given Sunday. 300,000 evangelical churches across the country. Think about the the millions of people, you know, we're talking about somewhere between 25 and 30 percent, at least, of the American people that would be in that category. So the, 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 the potential to change the attitudes and the attitudes of the people and the direction of the country rest with the pastors and the pulpits. And if they will teach these principles that pastors used to teach and preach and bring people back to the basics of liberty as found in the scriptures and found in the the principles of law relative to natural law of God and uh, the, the laws of our nation and what they were built upon. If they will get back to that and preach that, proclaim that, you know, we really could turn the country around almost overnight. But as long as the pastors continue to be part of the problem and they refuse to deal with these subjects and they they do not teach these issues, who's is gonna who's gonna teach them? Who's gonna who's gonna be the one? To, you see, there is no really other answer except the pastors in the pulpits. And so really I think that there's not going to be any kind of a a solution in any kind of a substantial way without the pastors and the preachers doing their job in the pulpits.
0: All right, I think that's a good place to leave it. Uh, Apart from visiting chuckbaldwinlive.com, is there any other site or project that we should know about?
1: We also have Liberty Fellowship mt.com which is the liberty fellowship is the fellowship that i pastor in in calisville montana so chuck baldwin live.com that's my personal website and liberty fellowship is liberty fellowship mt short for montana liberty fellowship mt.com where all of my sermons and all of my bible studies and everything are archived on that page and of course my columns are archived on the Chuck Baldwin Live page and both pages we have a, a store in which we carry a lot of my messages on DVD we carry several important books that uh, I think are very essential reading uh, if it's not essential reading I wouldn't carry it so you know the the, the bookstore is available the DVDs are available on both pages and my columns are available on the Chuck Baldwin Live page, and the, uh, the sermons are available on the Liberty Fellowship page.
0: Well, Dr. Baldwin, we hope you stay safe out there in the American Redoubt, and we'll continue to follow your columns. And thanks for being on Geopolitics and Empire. Thank you very much. You can help the Geopolitics and Empire podcast by subscribing to and interacting with all of our channels such as YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Gab, Minds, and Steamit. You can also help us by leaving a rating and review on your favorite podcast platforms such as iTunes, Castbox, Stitcher, Spreaker, and so on. Finally, if you value our work and our mission and would like to see us continue interviewing experts from across the political spectrum, please consider leaving a one-time donation via PayPal or Bitcoin or becoming a regular monthly supporter on our Patreon. All the links can be found on geopoliticsandempire.com. Thanks for listening.